You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Oh, hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, the Michigan Life Outdoor Podcast. Your, you know, it's your podcast for everything outdoors in the state of Michigan. I mean, it's pretty simple. We hope you guys are enjoying our episodes that we're putting out. And uh, before we get into this week's juicy episode, I want to make sure that you guys know where to find us. One, you can head on over to iTunes, obviously, if you're listening to this on iTunes and subscribe there to the podcast and please do us a favor if you like what we're doing like the content that we're putting out please leave a five-star review and uh comment under there um you know on the itunes feed as well what does that do that not only helps our podcast out rank higher but it also it puts michigan on the map everybody you know so after everyone's out there you know listening to outdoor podcasts they're gonna be like dang you know maybe i should go to michigan it sounds like things are really really popping off over there so yeah if you could do us a favor there also we are on spotify as well check us out on spotify and uh yeah we just appreciate all the support and uh we want to hear from you guys so you know leave us a review head over to instagram send us some messages let us know more content that you guys would like to hear more about um but on this week's episode it's it's kind of like a melting pot episode all of us get together we have a great time at kelly's house for the second week in a row we haven't left and we talk about what we're doing this time of year and it's kind of cool because we're all doing something different this time of year so whether you're into turkey hunting uh meat prep for like you know sausage making walleye fishing shed hunting whatever it is there's something in this episode for everyone enjoy not sure all right everybody we're welcome back to another episode of the podcast uh we are still in kelly's house <laughs> we haven't left <laughs> but it's been two weeks, it's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. we've moved into kelly's <laughs> into kelly's because <laughs> we've cracked a couple more gold ones and we're out of uh back that's <laughs> right but we're still here thanks kelly for still hosting us. Yeah. <laughs> welcome back to another episode but on this one we're going to talk about like all right so it's march right when you guys are listening to this it's a good time of year it's kind of like a, I don't want to say awkward, but it's like a, I don't know. Reset. 
It's like a reset. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's melting, right? You don't know whether to walk <laughs> on the ground or if it's soft or if it's hard. You we're know? In the thaw. <laughs> it's in the thaw. In the thaw. <laughs> so we're going to talk about things that are coming up that you can look forward to um, throughout March and maybe into the first part of April. And uh, we're going to start with Carson. Carson. And we got the whole crew together again, <laughs> Still. man. This is awesome. This is crazy. Two times in a row. Lucky me. Lucky us. Yeah. Uh, this is great. Well, hopefully we're more together in the future and we're going to, we're, we're going to, keep doing this because we have a lot of fun when we're together and whether we're we're you know getting together just to, to hang out and record some good podcast episodes or uh you know film some stuff or the some content that we're going to have coming out it's just always cool to have us all together and hopefully in the future we keep us all together on these episodes but carson talk what does carson do this time of year like i always i always wonder what you're doing i never know what you're doing you asking what goes on in his head oh boy yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a whole it's a whole different uh different show um march so we're regrouping resetting i like to do all my meat processing this time of year i prepped it at the end of season i have all my deer meat frozen deboned clean ready to go i'm gonna grind it put in the meat stuffer make sausage i got my seasoning my tubes and adding my cheese to it so um yeah so i like to do that this time of year a little bit of time what uh are you vacuum sealing all that meat or it's all vacuum sealed okay and i vacuum sealed it um very long like i probably have a three foot long vacuum sealed tube of meat that way i can thaw it evenly so i just put all the chunks in there i left it pretty flat and then I put it in the freezer. So that's all my deboned clean chunks, got all the fat out and cleaned it all up. So I have it all vacuum sealed. Now I'm gonna thaw it out, I'm gonna grind it, put it in the mixer, add the seasoning, put it in the stuffer, make the sausage, push down the tubes. Is that more front shoulder meat or what is, or hind, like? I use a little bit of both. Some people kind of split it up differently. I know front shoulder's hard to clean, right? It's hard. So this is a maybe a good time to put all that kind of meat up there if you don't want to mess with it killing machines now so yeah now we have a, meat. now we have a couple more got the the sun's going at it um so i always save the back straps the inner tenderloin a couple of the hind to make roast like this or kelly made some back straps amazing um the rest of it i'll make into hamburger or sausage right. or jerky and i'll kind of split it up between that route uh, depending how many deer we have then depending on what we do with it but yeah the sausage i got a a power grinder if you guys ever get a grinder and a meat stuffer get them to match get the same company so you can use the same motor on your grinder and on your mixer you're talking for your burger yeah. grinder where you're mixing however you want to mix it and you're saying there's attachments for that for your meat mixer the motor runs both attachments same motor gotcha gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. to them okay we bought a grinder and then a couple years later tried to do the meat mixing and then i got a powered stuffer and it was very challenging to get one to work i actually had it in a machine shop to make it fit and do it because the motors are pretty expensive <laughs> so don't don't pull uh my mistake or our mistake we need to get them all to match if you plan on going into the full processing now what about freezing meat right we did that at the end of the season we're gonna thaw it out you know you're gonna make your product and then you're gonna freeze it again 
How's that? How's that work? I know it sounds crazy to throw it back out, but you're kind of making a completely different final product. So we add pork butt in there, another meat that's never been frozen. We add seasoning. We add high temp cheese chunks, and you can get this all from your uh, look it up online. I get it from Butcher Packard out of Detroit, and they have season packs, high temp meat. Uh, or high temp cheese so when you cook it in the oven or your smoker it doesn't thaw and your cheese don't run all doesn't out doesn't melt doesn't melt do you have like a selection like you can do your cheddar or you can do your white i don't know what the white one's called but whatever it's like uh it's not provolone i want to say provolone it's not right. it's, uh, pepper jack pepper jack it's pepper jack pepper jack so that's my cheddar favorite. or pepper jack yeah okay, okay, okay i like teriyaki or pepper jack and um then if you call butcher packard a couple of these other ones you do i forget the ratio i think it's i think it's 15 pounds of deer meat five pounds of pork butt and then you add your seasoning to that 20 pound mix add as much cheese as you want you have your stuffing tubes already ready to go you get your little stapler at the end you cook them bring them up to temperature and it's a good time to do meat processing was that intimidating at first when you got into that it was like mm. was a lot of trial and error i got lucky I copied off of uh, our our lifelong friend, my dad's best buddy, and he's been doing it for 30 years. So I volunteered okay. a day of free help, okay. and I copied all his notes. Oh, there you and go. so I got 30 years experience from day one, and uh, I'm still doing it to, the, to, to this day. Just copied his notes and go through that. But if you call Butcher Packard, they or other meat processing or local deli, um, They'll, they'll give you some recipes you okay. know they want to sell their product too sure you know, this seasoning for this much meat we recommend this and then there's a couple little tips maybe to spice it up or make it your own style but um well, that's where you can get kind of fun right so like we did our own breakfast sausage there's recipes out online for that and this is where you can kind of get um I encourage people to get out there and, and try their own recipes and come up with their own mixes and put their own twists on things. Do you add like, um, like vegetables here, like jalapenos and like some people put like pickled stuff in theirs, all that kind of stuff. Like they can get pretty wild with some added, another added just in there. Have you ever put like jalapenos in there, for example? I haven't done anything, but I think that's a great idea. I'm on year two copying our buddy, um, and, and, so, the, and the boys, right? So the boys don't like a lot of hot stuff. So obviously, that's you true. Some for that's them. true. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, you know, Carson and the family, they all eat it a ton. And right. It's super expensive. I, I don't remember exact quote, but like seven bucks a pound or something mm -hmm. to get the real small. You know, uh, the sticks made. Hunter sticks. Hunter sticks made, and uh, so he's taken on this task to do that eventually the cost of the machines and everything will pay off dividends and the kids just absolutely love it yeah they're excited they're like i think it doesn't matter what it tastes like at the beginning even though it tastes great <laughs> oh, they're so excited this is the best ever because they made it Ooh, that's they right were involved. it always tastes better when you make it yeah and so i always say that when i make dinner for everybody i'm like hey i made dinner tonight and it tastes really good <laughs> and it brings them full circle back to the hunt right yeah oh dad if we get to go hunting we then we get to make more sausages so it's just a revolving door sure and the whole process is super fun for and it's it's something to keep uh, life training involved. They respect the animal, and now you work for it. Right. It's put on the table, and like Kelly said, bring it full circle. You're not wasteful either, right? So like, no. it's not like you're leaving. Yes, yes, that question, right? No, you know what I'm saying. Like, you go to a restaurant, and the meat's there, and you're done, and you're full. Like, 
you know, a lot of people don't finish it. If I'm at home and I killed that animal, it's like, I'll eat this thing until it's gone. I don't care if it takes me a couple hours or whatever it is. Like I'm not leaving until my plate's gone kind of thing. Sure. So I don't know. It's things like that. Let me ask you this. What is your ratio on your, um, if you do burger from venison to pork belly or pork meat that you add in there or pork fat? I'm going to defer this over to Cal. He does a little bit more of the meat. <laughs> the uh, I'll give my, hamburgers. Yeah, I'll give twenty percent. Ours is always seventy thirty. I, I do seventy thirty. I found like thirty, it, and I base that off of the palate of my wife. So if she <laughs> told me that it was too gamey, like I think back in the day we used to do like ninety ten, like to me i can do that and that still tastes okay the burger stays together with the fat um you have enough there if you get too lean uh sometimes venison burger will fall apart so yeah. you gotta have a little bit of fat in there um i did the 80 20 still not enough i did 70 30 it seems to be a good blend and she can um she really enjoys burgers now if I, you know if you don't add too much there's not too much of a game taste to it so i do 70 30 i'm just curious to what you guys do because it's different for everybody sure. so i think it's a great question you already touched on it what are you going to do with it and i think that answers your question if you're going to do burgers like you said you absolutely nailed it you have to have a higher fat content so they stay together yeah my wife won't eat burgers i, I think it's more of a mental thing sure. than anything <laughs> um but we do tacos and we do stews with it and right stuff like that so it's all where they don't have to hold uh you know a, a certain form uh so i think we could get away with a little bit less like you said we typically run the 20 percent. we mm-hmm. have a local store here that used to be able to go and buy straight up pork fat. So mm-hmm. I would not pork butt, but pork fat. Itself. Yeah, that's what I do. And it was just dirt cheap. I mean, 50 cents a pound, a mm-hmm. buck a pound. They just recently stopped selling it to me. They won't sell it to me anymore. But uh, you bought pork. the whole store out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't buy the whole pig, I guess now. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I us personally, we run 20%. Yeah. But again, it's all going in things with other flavors and it's going in stews and taco seasonings and stuff like that. So me. they ran out of pork butt. So like that might be a common theme like a lot of people might run out of that that fat so like so what do you what do you have now just straight up meat like the the meat from the pork butt or what yeah and i I think there's a couple other products you could use and back to you know carson's source there with the thing he worked in a meat department for a long time i know you can use some different products from beef and some other things um i I don't have a great answer for you lee but i know there's other products besides pork that you can put in there i also know that from the same gentleman said there is a shelf life on this stuff so um you know i haven't really ever noticed a problem with pulling out some burger a year later and eating it Uh, however he has thrown out a a six month window again i don't know the validity to that but meaning your pork fat is only good in the freezer for so long it only has a a shelf life of so long being frozen so if you guys ever do you know pull something out and it has a bad smell or you get a bad vibe from it obviously you might want to shy away from that so keep track do your own research you know figure out what what products you want to use and, and how long they're technically good for if you have a local uh, meat market or something like that around there if you give them a heads up about what you're looking for too if they get that that pig in things like that and they are trimming doing their trimmings and things like mm-hmm. that you could be like hey can you save all the the fat for me or the yeah. tallow and things like that i'll be like yeah no one's ever asked me for that, but thanks for the heads up. And they can start to bag that for you. So you can plan your unthaw of your meat based off of when they start to get a fresh shipment of pigs coming in and, and, and you can just communicate that way. So yep. that's what we, Kelly was saying. He used to get just pure 
fat. Correct. And then we do like an 80 20, but now, like last time I did it, we did we did pork butt. Right. So there's meat, pork meat mixed in it. There's still fat on it as yeah, well. Yeah, just not. Just this not used as, to be just pure fat. Pure white tail. You can cheat it too. You can cut the fat off, use it for that, and make uh, pulled pork or something else with the meat. Sure. Very reasonable and kind of kill two birds with one stone. It's yep. pretty marbly. I mean, it's really marbly like pork butt is. Yeah. You just mix it up. It tastes good. Yeah. It, it, this is a cool way. What we do in our family is we start to write down family recipes. So, you know, my uncle started some stuff in, in the past and he's really dialed in like the breakfast sausage side of things. And then, you know, my brother Chad really put his twist on it. And so, we, you know, we have family recipes that we pass down. So we know like, hey, if I want to do a breakfast sausage recipe, who do I go to? Chad's got one. Uncle Scott's got one. So we can go talk to them about it. Um Another cool thing that you can do, I don't know if you guys have ever done, is like jar meat. Have you ever gone down that yeah, path? Once, yeah. I did it once. Pressure cooker. Um, it's actually still in the cupboard over there. It's probably, <laughs> probably beyond its shelf life. Uh, uh, but yeah, I did it. It was cool. I, I think uh, it was the first time ever doing it with a buddy, and I think it's just a matter of tweaking the recipe to your liking. Yeah. Um, the act of putting a jar of meat that's been pressure cooked in your cupboard and then pulling <laughs> it out and using it, I think, has a psychological, sure. uh, you know, part or process of it. Looks like you're um, a cannibal or something. Well, it's warm, <laughs> like, right? You always pull it out of the freezer and just get some out of the cupboard. You know, like I said, it's just a weird process to me. But um, but the fact they, you know, they last a long time. They're sure. pressure cooked. They're in sealed jars. Um, definitely a useful thing if you can get your right you know, flavor down. Yeah. It's an acquired taste. We, we always put peppers in ours and jalapenos. So like when you pull it out, it'd have like a smoky taste to it mm-hmm. and you can add, add barbecue sauce and it like, it pulls apart like, um, like roast beef, almost yeah. like stringy yeah. and you could make like a tacos or you can make like a roast beef sandwich. We just it. threw it over rice and ate it like over rice. Sure. I think we had, we put an onion in, we did it. I think there was an onion in it. Yeah, I think so. It's a good one to have if the world's ending. You got yeah. some jarred meat. Mm-hmm. And do what you like. So, I mean, hamburger before and had in tacos and stuff and it was good but man we like this jerky and this sausage so much that we just devour it and jen likes my wife likes it and the kids so i pull the back straps out make some great back straps and that kind of food the rest uh lately i've been making jerky with the hindquarters and man you get a bag of that out it's gone from you know like that everybody loves it it makes so much sausage yeah. so do what you you know you like the most it's good for your lifestyle too. If you're camping, you know, you're going on the road, you can grab some of that out of the freezer or whatever it is. You're going to your wrestling tournaments, good road food, snacks, all that kind of stuff. Um, what do you look for in your smoker when it comes to temperature? Like, how do you know it's done? Because that's another intimidating part of it. It's like, how do I know when it's to pull it off or how do I know when it's properly cooked? All that kind of stuff. I have all the notes down again, copying okay. off buddy showed me. <laughs> and do you remember what it was killed? It was 160? I think it's just what you prefer. Some people like it hard and some people like it chewy. Well, it depends on what we're talking about, too. Like, if you're talking about the three-inch summer sausage, it's just internal temp. The same as you would do for any other piece of big meat that you're cooking in the oven or on the grill or whatever. It's just internal temp. So you just take, like, a meat thermometer and shove it in there and exactly. look at the... Okay, all right. And know that all oven smokers... Every single one of them cook hotter on the top, 
and there's different flow paths for each one. So basically you have to rotate not only the top to the bottom, but you have to rotate the shelves three, you know, 180 as well. So you have yeah. to oh, spin, okay. rotate so that you're getting them. So multiple meat thermometers is super important so that they're all cooking evenly and you're not. Um, that's a big tip. As far as smaller stuff like the jerky or the um, summer sausages, it's just taste. I mean, it's just you pull one out and take a bite out of it and, and you'll know. And, like, and probably anything, the worst part of it would be overdoing it rather than underdoing yes, it on yeah. the on the jerky side of things. Yeah. Said depending on how you like it. Some people like it when it's hard. <laughs> oh shit. Personal personal preference yeah. is huge. I, I do all the jerky. I have a commercial really big uh dehumidifier. Yeah. And I always like it. Dehydrator. Dehydrator. I'm sorry. Dehydrator. <laughs> Same concept. Take it from my basement and then I can fuck it. Reverse with it. Different plugs and tangents. <laughs> Whatever works, man. But, uh, yeah, I got the dehydrator. And um, I like it, you know, not completely cardboard dry, but in the middle. So when it's still warm, I'll feel it. And I'm like, oh, it's got more to go. Um, it's still pretty soft. And I would think I used to cook it a little bit more, but when you let it cool down and it and it gets cool, it takes even more moisture out and it gets a little harder and dry. So I've learned to to take it out before I think I need to take it out. And I used to try to keep records of the time. All right, this one cooked for you know six hours or four hours or okay, but you can't do that because it matters how much you have in there, how much airflow, how thick they're cut. So you really got to go by feel for that. So feel, and then the other thing too is if you break it open, it's okay to have a little bit of pink in there. Absolutely, not like bloody, but like a little reddish tint in there. I think that would be just about perfect. Yeah. Um, my other question to you is. Um, Shit, fucking got it. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Continue what else we're going to do is uh, <laughs> continue. Can you dehydrate while <laughs> I think I'm getting dehydrated from the two hearted ale that's uh, I'm drinking right now. Oh, but. Good, you fish man. Um, other thing in March I'm looking forward to coming up here is dip netting season. Oh, yeah. What yeah, yeah. a fun atmosphere to do with the family. We have a, we live on a creek. We have a little fire pit. We have a big uh, pulley system out over our creek that we live next to. It opens March 20th here in Michigan, or at least lower Michigan. And we drop a big, uh, I think we have an eight foot by eight foot square net. The kids pick it up at random. We get a lot of suckers and that kind of stuff. Um, we usually take pictures and let them go. We keep a couple for our turtle trapping season in the middle of summer, but the kids get so excited and light up. We get a big old picture and keep them going. And we're hanging around the fire. It's a whole family atmosphere. And I love the kids trying to pull them. So I've been there. That's We've awesome. had some fires. I drink beer and just get to watch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you got this four-year-old trying to pull up this net, you know, oh, it weighs 40 pounds, but to him, that's a big deal. It's as much as he weighs, you know, so I just like, I'm, I'm getting it, Dad, I'm getting it, you know, and pull it up. Come on, dude, pull it up. So they just get so into it. If there was any fish in the net, they already swam out, you know, and so we just laugh because the kids get so excited about it. And they do, and they think every pull is going to be like the granddaddy, like, hey, this is it. And they walk from there to the fire pit and spend 15 seconds, okay, it's time to pull it. Yeah. yeah. It's all impatient for your yeah. five-year-old. And, and it's okay. I'm like, pull as many times as you want. And then when they get one, they're like, I knew it. I knew it was this time, even though it's like. <laughs> it's a sign of spring when I get a picture from Carson of a, a four-year-old holding on to 20-pound carp. Yeah. Also, <laughs> after a few uh, 
beers that, that goes on the smoker, you're on the fire, and he's like, oh, I'm going to try this sucker for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I've been catching these for 20 years. How'd that go? Well, it, it wasn't very good. <laughs> I remember when we used to get them in the creek down by us. They're good for, um, especially going in the spring for fertilizer for your pine trees if you planted them in the fall, things like that. So there is a use for them. Mm-hmm. Even though you do get them out, it's important to regulate that population regardless. So if you do catch some and you do keep them, you know, use them for fertilizer and, or like you said, like turtles. Use them for your turtle, turtle bait, traps, yeah, yep. turtle traps, things like that. Um, I do a podcast on that. Um, things that are prehistoric and how to clean them is pretty amazing, but that's for a different day. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> even know how to go down that path. You'd be impressed. Oh, cool. All right, Tommy, what are you doing? Uh, getting ready for Tommy. Can we call every you Tommy next boy? adventure. Oh, sorry. Tommy Should I not boy. call you Tommy? Oh, I've done whatever you want. Yeah. T- I, usually, I call you T Pain. T Pain. <laughs> that fits. Thomas. Ah, <laughs> uh, just getting ready, man. For it never ends, right? So uh, in March is we're usually looking towards next deer season. Um, talk a little bit about getting permission on properties or how to go about that. Uh, we're pretty big on knocking on doors. Uh, we're not scared to knock on 20 or 30 doors and drive from house to house to house what's your success rate if you were to tell uh, people it's not good it depends on where it is yeah it depends on where it's at. michigan oh, is, yeah. is is rough to get permission but when you do get permission um it's pretty valuable in the state of michigan you know it's uh you got a good hunting spot in the state of michigan that's that's something to hang on to so i'm in sales what's your sales pitch what is your you know, I would think like, like, what do you lead with? Like, I'm a bow hunter. I don't, I don't, I don't, I won't bring firearms on your property. I'm looking to do this. Do you show pictures of your family? Do you use your kids uh, kind of as like depends. a guilt thing? You got to adapt to the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. The little yeah. old lady, is it? So that's what I'm saying. Like, run us it, through a if scenario. If I on your door and you come to the door, I, I assume that I'm not getting permission. You know what I mean? Right. Like, his young duty probably haunts. He's probably an outdoorsman. Uh, you, you just kind of got to adapt to it. Uh, we, we've used the apple pie method many times. Um, we go to, <laughs> Where do you get those from? Or do you go, go to the store and you, and you buy a dozen apple pies and you show up with an apple pie. And before you even get them to say no, you, you get it in their hand. And they've already accepted your apple pie. Seven bucks. Yep. And get, then get and the then, product, get the product in their hand. Right. Yeah, then you start talking. They've already accepted your pie. You already got a foot in the door. Um, and, <laughs> And then you just start just trying to find common ground, you know. Um, you can usually feel people out pretty quick if they're not into hunting or they're talking about wounded deer or this and that, you know. You talk about how many deer you've, you've harvested in your life and you have a really good record and how responsible you are. And uh, you just have to relate to them on common ground. I have a little different twist to that. I try to find something I can do for them, whatever I feel motivates them. I was just about to ask that. Do you do you offer money or do you offer like help if it's a farmer kind of thing? It just depends on the situation. Again, we, we have property that we do a lot of work for and we have property that we pay for. All right. Um, Our most recent one was work. It, you know, it's a, you know, an older couple, you know, who health, you know, their health de- deteriorating and things and they have great pride in their property. Money is very little value to them and the amount of money that we could pay for a property, you know, has to be realistic. So the, you know, a strong back is more valuable to them. Oh, you burn, I see you have a smokestack there. You burn wood all winter? Would you like some help cutting some firewood? I see you got, you got stuff growing out of your gutters there. Can I, can I come over and bring it on a ladder and clean that up for you? And just like, like Tom said, try to find a common ground and 
I, I study their property and look at it and be like, man, look how overgrown that is, or look at this. Gotcha. I try to identify a problem that I can fix for them, and then I try to attack that problem. Um, and people seem to respond better to that than money. Like, sure. people are always trying to buy or sell something, or not many people are like, can I sweat for you? And that's, you yeah. know, like that holds sweat value. Equity. For sure. Yeah. It seems like the farmers, you get old farmers that, that uh, the lease ground quick. They're in the business to lease a ground, lease a farm property. Sure. They're the ones that are like, yeah, it's this much per acre. They already got it in their mind. They've already been approached. I also look to see what crops they got planted too. So if they, you could ask them like, do you got hay this year? Do you got straw? You know, you got weed out there. Do you need help baling? Right. Like well, that's a lot of, th- yeah. a lot of the times, like that's, a, that's a thing for them. If you can come hang out for a weekend, you know, throw some bales of straw after they cut their wheat, or if it's like, you know, first or second cut of hay or uh, yeah. Hey, like get out there and help that's them out. A big and, deal and, for them. That's a lot of work. Exactly. And be like, you don't have to pay me anything. I'll spend a weekend here or, you know, haul your camper down there or whatever you got to do to help them out. So, kind of figure out what they're doing on that aspect absolutely and how do you start this conversation i don't want to walk up and be like yeah. hey my name is carson uh, can i hunt your property let's do a uh, scenario let's let's do right. a scenario you're coming up the woman <laughs> yeah I, i'll be i'll be the i'll be the property owner i want to i want to see what carson says to me there we go all right hi my name is carson hey carson I, I live around here locally okay and i noticed you have some really good property i like to introduce myself i'm a firefighter here in the local area okay and i always like to be honest and upfront how'd you find out about my property i didn't i'm just going door to door to to be upfront and honest with people to tell them um, that we have a couple friends, I have some sons, and we're always looking for different opportunities for the outdoors, whether that's mushroom hunting or or bow hunting or or just hanging out in, in the outdoors. Is there anything I could do to open up the door, explain myself more to maybe get an opportunity to walk on your land. Is is that a possibility at all? Yeah, that'd be something I'm interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, come out with me. Maybe we'll go have a good time together. Or we'll figure it out. So then you just kind of sure. It and here's my apple pie. Yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> no, and, I, I think that's a good door opener with the mushroom thing. Cause that's like, it's not very invasive. Sure. It's, it, it's, it's something that they might not even be aware of. And like, sure. if you, like you did for me last year, if you bring them up some, that's something that's on their property, they're going to be like, Oh my God, I have no idea. This was even on my property. Thank like that it's it's really harmless you're not quote-unquote killing anything so sometimes they won't give you permission to deer hunt but you can get permission oh coyotes are ridiculous you can shoot coyotes but you can't deer hunt exactly sure. if you shoot a couple coyotes and show them that you're not ridiculous and, and you have manners and you take care of things uh, that opens the door to deer hunting gotcha hey, you're really you've been good whatever next year you know maybe if you guys want to come back you and that's good mixing point. it up like that. So, no, my uh, my nephew hunts um, out here. Oh, no problem. But mushroom will be okay. Or we can access that little pond in the backyard or just get your foot in door. Or can I help your nephew go out to do this? And then, then you add Kelly's mix into it. Oh, I noticed your tractor's got a flat tire. Is there any way I can help you fix that? And I know you don't know me, but I want to develop a relationship with you. And if it's no, no problem. And be polite with that. Thank you sure. for your time and appreciate you. And or it's really awesome if you have a lead so well mr henry lets me hunt the farm back then the next door next to you that butts up to it so i was wondering if a deer ever comes on your property or a mushroom hunt do i have permission just to maybe even 
access through there. And yeah. so now he knows Mr. Point. Joe Blow down the street. So now you're making that connection. Well, he likes you. Maybe you're not ridiculous. And then right. you make the next step. And so usually when you find one, often you lose, you know, 10 in a row, you don't get it. And then you get one and the next year you have the neighbor two and the next year you have the other friend of a friend that owns another property over there three because all oh, these guys are great they're super nice they gave me this deer jerky and they gave me the fresh mushrooms and so it just foot in the door kind of deal well i think the access part of things is a great way to do it so if you let's say you have permission down the road and like you said you have neighboring properties if you could just say hey can i just park my truck here and just just walk on your brush row all the way back just to get to this neighboring one maybe it might take a couple years maybe you just show them that you're respectful even just for the access part of things you bring them apple pie you bring them the deer that you killed maybe your best cut or your sausage that you're making things like that and you're like yeah that guy brings me you know this or if it's someone who likes to have a couple beers with sit down and just hang out and talk with them and then just access alone that could be wind direction all that kind of stuff and that access could be like the difference between getting your big buck and that so I made up a paper packet before and i know that sounds kind of ridiculous i had a copy of of my my face and my name on there my phone number i had my business card just just associating that i'm sure. just some crazy guy off the street right and then there's also hold harmless um land agreements you can print them offline i kind of copied off of a couple of our leases and printed it and, and like i know you don't know me my name's carson you can throw us in garbage or not but here's my name here's where i work i live right down the street this is my address and uh this is a completely hold harmless agreement maybe i have my back pocket that's my 10th sentence that i give but yeah just to let you know um just trying to explain myself as a real person you know i never go on property unless i have permission and just kind of feeds it out from there yeah good idea yeah so permissions this time of year everyone should be thinking about um just a good time to walk around property snow starting to melt you can see beds um obviously antler hunting shed hunting all that kind of stuff so good time to think about getting your name in the hat now so you're not scrambling and panicking you know when it comes september or august or something like that and you're like oh shit i forgot to do that get ahead of the game okay we kind of talked uh sorry to cut you off thomas i got pulled over a year or two ago (laughs) in a different state i was doing just that hey i'm kelly from michigan i'm here i'm really trying to do this 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 to explain my situation right but i was going door to door and i was really trying to get access to this river and I explained blah, blah blah well one of the neighbors thought that was suspicious they, they call the cops on you they call the cops on me. <laughs> followed me and had unmarked cars they didn't have any lights on it so they couldn't pull me over saw him following me for a while and then uh long story short get pulled over and yeah so and so called they thought you were suspicious blah blah I explained and you know yeah they thought you know you might be trying to steal some stuff i said well sir i got a lot of money worth of stuff in this truck a whole truck's full of gear i'm like i might be the worst thief in the world if i was trying to do that and you know he, he bought the story and let me go but uh did you get permission from the cop to access yeah. the land because that's how it goes sometimes. sometimes yeah sometimes it does no not that time uh didn't you show him uh onyx and show him 40 I, pins i showed him 40 <laughs> pins and all my research i opened my tailgate for him a whole truck packed full of stuff i'm like sir if i wanted to steal something that I couldn't fit in. <laughs> I'm like, I got no room. And I'm like, hey, there's more money in this truck than anything I could steal. So uh, the best part about that story was I was meeting him the next day, and he was doing the the pre scout, you know, trying to find access. Sure. We we're going to do a float the next day, and uh, he called me. 
or I called him and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm getting pulled over by a cop right now. I'll call you back. <laughs> and that's all I got. I got a hang up and I'm like, dude, what's he doing? Did he look suspicious the next day when you showed He's up? He's always, yeah. always <laughs> suspicious. Yeah. But how many times have we hit the absolute jackpot and so many trips? And we're talking about Michigan, a little harder to get permission. We go out to other states and the travels and I'm telling you, we're batting like an 80, 90% yeah. success Phenomenal. rate. Phenomenal. And that's not a knock on mission. I think it really is just uh, the amount of hunters. Sure. And that's, uh, that's not a knock to saying that one place is better than another. No. It's just a matter of, you know, you know, the availability of hunters or the amount of hunters in access to land. I There's think. more passion in Michigan about hunting and outdoors than, than probably any other state. And it's crazy. Like Tom says, you walk up, the guy's got a camo jacket. Yeah. Like, hey, how you doing, man? I just want to say hi. We go to other states and they're I'm like, I want to wish you good luck hunting this year. <laughs> you walk up, he's got a camo jacket. I'm just going to leave. You just but, know. Uh, you pull in the driveway and there's stickers on the back of his truck. And I mean, like, he's got a target in the backyard yeah. it's, you just know people hunt in michigan it's what we do yeah well and i think when you get to like let's just take ohio and indiana for example like there's more farmland out there farmers own more land they're going to be busier in the fall it's a lot of harvest it's a lot of time so maybe they want to hunt but maybe they just don't have that opportunity or that time they know what sure. they're they, i mean they're pretty realist they know what their season's like they got to get those crops off there so i feel like um in michigan not saying that there's not big farms in michigan but it's a little bit more chunked up and a little bit differently so yeah, which makes it that more valuable like if you got a good spot in michigan and sure. you got that honey hole or even that little piece of property that you can go to that's an hour from your house yeah uh, you got to keep it man uh sure do the work and cut the trees down cut the wood and show up with the apple pie yeah do it all and this could be going for anyone who currently has permissions like this is a good time of year to maybe to go back visit them again hey yeah. just checking in show thanks again place. yeah thanks again for this season this is what i got off your property obviously maybe they know by that point but just wanted to check in with you what can i do for you to you know to keep well, that relationship that springtime a lot like all right boys like let's get together we're going to you know x property and you know we we got a custom tree we're to make sure. contact we're going to drop some stuff off and so yeah definitely pay your dues in the off season to, yeah we, uh, we take orders for sure you like jerky do you like perch like we show yeah. up yeah and uh we, we know who likes what and we show sure. up the case of beer and, and a i literally have a list of all the landowners and what beer they drink if they're yep. beer drinkers are like no that was not he's a walleye guy and so like i'll make a list of what their favorites are and like i'll literally like be the delivery man like we're gonna go around <laughs> and drop off a little tip if you go to other states besides michigan they like fish like we take it for granted yeah because we're surrounded by it we have all these lakes and, and we do very well you go to them other states they don't have what we have uh, you give them all for venison beer or a bag of fish they always take fish that's the Good big deal yeah. all right so permissions on property anything else tom uh, get ready for turkey hunting. Uh, now's a good time to get access for that turkey property and sneak in there. If you don't, yeah. you can get your foot in the door for deer. Uh, just driving around, I'm starting to see more turkeys in the oh, field. Wow. You got there out there raking up the, now that the ground's soft, they can kind of get down and get after some food that they're looking at. Um, look for those beards dragging and all that kind of stuff and see where they're coming out at. And it'll be here before you know it. So... KP, what do you got for cracking? Yeah, we got a new experience coming up in a few weeks. I'm looking forward to it. I think we're all actually going to be a part of it, which will be a lot of fun. We have our good friend from uh, Southern Ohio that we go deer hunt with and visit. He is coming up to Michigan 
with his squirrel dog to do some squirrel hunting in Michigan. Their season is over in Ohio. He's going to come up. Our season goes till March 31st for small game. Okay. So he's going to come up, and we are going to do our first ever uh, squirrel hunting with a dog. So I've shot many squirrels in my life, uh, but I have never shot one uh, with being trained from a dog. So he has some pretty high-tech equipment and gear and scope. That's going to be fun, man. Expensive dog. So I'm really excited to see how the dog works. I really don't care if I shoot anything or carry a gun. It's more just to be a part of the, the process. I'd love to hang out with you guys and him and uh, kind of repay some of that hospitality. You know, it's a big factor. We talked about landowners and permission. And he treats us so good down there and sure. permission. So we're really excited to kind of treat him to a few days up in Michigan and uh, take him out. So that'll be cool. That'll be um I think a unique experience and maybe like a lot of people, especially in the state of Michigan might not have a, a lot of experience with. So I think that'd even be a good debrief, uh, debrief uh, podcast afterwards. Absolutely. And we can, I hear that once they're tree, they can be very challenging to find. I so imagine I bet they're hiding big time. He has a very young, but very expensive dog. I believe the dog is somewhere between six months and one year of age. Again, I, I could be, you know, not completely right. accurate on that, but it's, it's a younger dog, but it is a, a breed that is known for squirrel hunting. I think it's a little bit old. It's, little uh, about, it's, it's over a year. Is my, it a year? Yeah, it was the same age as my dog, so okay. he's going on a year and a half. Okay. Uh, a little bit older, but uh, but it's definitely still a pup, but he's trying to break them, so he's just really important to get the miles in to, yeah. to get the dog working and that sort of thing. Well, that'll be interesting, too, because like even when we go when I was younger and I used to go squirrel hunting, it's just trying to find them in the tree. So if the dog's got an advantage and you know, and they can go directly to that tree, that's going to be kind of cool. And then from there, obviously dissect how to get them to show their heads and get I'm a excited shot. Excited to see uh, him work. It's, it's his passion. Like he's yeah. super excited about it. Yeah. We like go down there deer hunting and like we're lit up and then you see him squirrel hunting and he's lit. He's up. lit yeah. up. Yeah. This it's his thing. his thing. So we're all going to walk away with new dogs afterwards. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm excited for the change and try something new. And then you get to see the dog work. You probably don't have to be quiet because the dog's running things. So we get to talk and hang out and camaraderie. Maybe bring my boys around to uh, yeah. experience that. Maybe get their first squirrel or something. Might be kind of cool. I'd like to learn how to just efficiently clean a squirrel. You know what I mean? Like go through that part. I want to pick his brain on that aspect. Like, hey, how do I how do I skin this thing or how do I get the most meat off of it? Because you know it's it's challenging sometimes when you get to smaller game like that. Like, yeah. how do I make not it sounds bad, but like worth my time. But like, how do I make it worth? Like, I want to make sure I get all the meat off of this animal as I can. How do I? A meal. How do I make you sure I do that? The squirrel before a long time ago when I was a kid. And to be honest with you, no one showed me. So for me, it was more of just like, sure. hey, I'm looking for dark red meat and I'm skinning it off the bone. But I don't know if I'm doing it properly. Am sure. I getting into the good cuts? All that kind of stuff. And, and the skin is so strong, so right? Yeah, yep, stronger than got, almost any other animal. Yeah, it's it's, it's one of the hardest got a animals. Trick of the trade. So the old way. Was to cut in the middle of the back, grab two vice grips or your hands, whatever, and try to pull it apart. And you almost need two guys, and it was a pain in the butt. Then we learned a little trick to cut the tail through the tail cartilage, like bone, bone where it meets the butt, where it meets the butt, but not all the way through the next layer of skin. Step on the tail, pull the two feet up, and you would deglove or skin it all the way out. And then Rick has a, um, a contraption that we've never used before. Sticks the feet in, 
and it helps hold it and he skins it that way sometimes so we're all gonna learn a lot yeah he has some like Carson said some type of device that we saw hanging in the barn when we were hanging deer one day so I haven't used it I don't know how <laughs> it works I'm really excited to see it work uh, but supposedly it's you know it's uh it's the real deal on cleaning them so hopefully that'll be that'll be really cool to see and we'll, we'll definitely get you guys the the brand and yeah the, the make and model of that or whatever so we can might be homemade knowing it, rick <laughs> it might be it looked like it was factory made to me it looked like it was something that was produced but uh yeah see if we can't get that to you i'd like to pick his brain too i want to see like his passion like where it stems from and like why he's i mean is there a way he prepares that meat that something yeah. that maybe that like, we just don't know about that's like the bee's knees kind of thing like that's what i want to ask him i i know a lot of people in the past kind of like they'll pan fry it or deep fry it things like that i've also seen a biscuits and gravy kind of recipe out there i'd like to try that that's to me sounds pretty dang good um so yeah i'd be like to pick his brain like why his why he's so passionate about that because he's a, a good old boy he's got lots of passion yeah yeah he's, he's a cool dude Cool. I think his passion started, he was a young boy and walked for miles and miles with his dad's property, and they were after birds and squirrels and small games, so okay. he could always do. Sure. And then now, continuing on that, kind of reliving that childhood of, you can always go after a squirrel. It's probably pretty hard to get a, a deer woods in Michigan or something else like that, but I bet you'd have a lot better luck on that squirrel hunt. Yeah. Especially this time of year, right? We're right. barge. I mean, yeah. the season's done. You're not really going to hurt anyone's property property like car said it's a lot more likely if we were kind of pooling all of our properties like, right i right, mean we're going to go this 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 and there's not really much restrictions like you, you mentioned something about turkey hunting you know we definitely don't want to do too much uh you know disturbing of the woods and that but a day in there squirrel hunting you still got a month it yeah you still got three weeks before turkey opens and a lot of times they're down from their their roost anyways they're walking around so they might not even be in that woods and how cool is that if you go to some of these other animals it's hard because you don't want to mess them up say like deer or something squirrel like oh i got three woods you can go we got one two Boom, the the tables and cards just come together a lot easier how many people do you know even squirrel hunt yeah i mean unless i mean this is a great opportunity i've always been interested but it's never been something for me to motivate to be like hey I'm going out squirrel hunting today or, you know, I can't take the kids there. Cause I mean, that's more of like a deer hunting, fishing thing for me, but uh, squirrels are going to hear me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, a lot of squirrel hunting when I was a kid. I think that's kind of where everybody started. Yeah, that's exactly bit, right. Yeah. After that, I mean, you kind of stopped doing it, I guess. Yeah. Well, that'll be cool, man. So we'll, do, uh, yeah, we'll do a podcast on that hopefully. And maybe he'll jump on and talk a little bit about what we did and where his passion came from i think that'd be cool to talk about yeah. Yeah, right. you get him on. he would be pretty funny. He'd be funny and then for me in the the month of march um you know i'm looking forward to the dethaw from the ice and uh to get on um the open water again so i start to think fishing i start to think of opportunities that are going to open up um obviously we live down here by lake erie so it's a good time of year to catch those walleye before they go up into the rivers um in the month of april um you can get your 
your your bigger fish here if you're after that big fish maybe to throw on the wall i think uh especially in lake erie i think you could feel pretty guilt free taking a big fish out of the water and throwing it on the wall if you wanted to get that 10 12 pounder or whatever your your limit is to mount but it's a different time of year to fish um it is still colder the launches can be difficult at times even though they are open uh they the mornings are still pretty cool so there could be frozen so just be careful when you launch your boat at that aspect of it bring sand with you all that kind of stuff um can be a little bit challenging but i look forward to this time of year it's fun because it's a it's a good time of year to get people excited about fishing especially people who haven't done it um getting out on lake erie you're trolling typically uh one mile an hour or less and uh you can fit a lot of people in the boat that way um and it's just watching boards go back you know it's it's a little bit uh slow at times and in chile you're definitely still bundled up pretty good but for me it's just nice to have those longer days out um and as the day progresses you know it's you can get that big temperature swings where it's like 32 in the morning but by the time you get off the water 11 a.m it's getting up into the 40s and 50s all that kind of stuff so explain why this time of year is good to get that 10 or 12 pounder. why why now and not sure from now so the females just fish in general are all making their ways towards like river miles and things like that so there's if you think of um lake erie from an east to west standpoint the big migration now is heading back west right so we're going west up into the detroit river we're going west up into the Maumee river things like that so the females are going to come up and first and be the ones that lay their eggs right and the rocks and things like that in, into the current and then the jacks or the the males come up and then you know they fertilize the egg etc circle of life but the females are going to be the first ones to pass through so it's almost like you're catching them before they on their migration up the river what do they need they need food right because it's, it takes a lot of energy not as much as like a salmon but it takes energy to keep that migration coming west to get up into those river mouths and to lay their eggs so they kind of got the feedback on so what you're throwing out there adam is are a lot of like um bandits are big this time of year um uh, in the water uh and, and also uh something called a p10 things like that these are just hard baits plastics that you're pulling extremely slow um things like that but the special time of year is that the females are extremely large right they're full of eggs they weigh a lot they're eating a lot and uh this is your chance especially in lake erie to get that big 10 12 pounder um to throw up on your wall and it's an exciting time of year uh to get them so it's um it's unique it's it's super unique to the state of michigan i don't think a lot of people realize how special it is to be located near lake erie or to be to be budding up next to it and it just takes a general fishing license um right now you can buy your 2022 license in march you know get your license for the year get out there and enjoy yourself um talk to someone who's got a boat the other good thing too is you don't have to go very far offshore so you can stay close to shore the weather for the most part isn't too dicey you don't get a lot of weather change so you're not getting those big waves um you're not getting high wind a lot of times the mornings are the best time to get out there um the lake's pretty flat calm this time of year so um good opportunity and safe to be by shore to, to catch some big fish yeah good points yeah so 
All right, everybody. That's what we're all going to be up to here in the state of March, um, state of Michigan. State of March. <laughs> yeah. In Michigan in, 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 uh, in, in March, but, uh, a lot of opportunities, a lot of things to start thinking about as you plan to going into spring. So, uh, kind of find out what your niche is and, uh, yeah. Any other closing thoughts? Enjoy your time. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Yep. Tom, anything? Uh, now's the time to uh, spend the quality time with the family and do all your honeydews so we went on the season. That's a good around. point. Sneak away. Yeah, anything you can like. Take the family on vacation. Put it in the bank, right? Yeah. Get your brownie points. Now's in. the time to do it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening.